Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Jessica. Um, and thank you, Pastor Steve, for the opportunity to share the Word of God this morning. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, God bless you for coming to church today. And I pray that you'll be a bless- it, it will be a blessing to you this, this morning. Um, shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be in your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask for your presence here to teach us, open our heart to receive your word. We pray that we will not live here the same, but you touch our lives, O oh God, and transform us by the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, this morning we are going to discuss, I'm sharing a word on the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. And let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 24, from verse 46 to 49. I'm reading from the New King James Bible. The Bible says that, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on, on high. And again, I want to read from um, Acts chapter 8, verse 1 to 7. Acts 8, verse 1 to 7. Now Saul was consent, consent, consenting to his death. At the time, a great, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered through the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial, and a great lamentation over him, and made a great lamentation over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirit, crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lamed were healed and there was great joy in that city amen so during the when jesus christ died and resurrected again he gave an instruction to the um, disciples and that's what we read in luke chapter 8 he said that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached to all nations starting from jerusalem That was the instruction he gave them. And he also told them that before you go out to preach, go and wait in Jerusalem until you are endued from on high. So the the first instruction he gave them was that they should go and preach repentance and remission of sin to the whole world, but it's going to start from Jerusalem. But when he told them to go and preach remission of sin, they went to Jerusalem, they settled in Jerusalem, after they received the Holy Spirit, a lot of things were happen- was happening. 
Um, they had seen the power of God. Peter had gone to the temple, prayed for somebody to be healed. God was adding to the church. They were sitting down. They were breaking bread and enjoying fellowship. And they had neglected or ignored the instructions to go out into the whole world. Starting from Jerusalem. And they were settling in Jerusalem. And so there there arose in Acts chapter 8, the scripture that we just uh, read, there arose persecution against the church. And so everybody was running for their lives now because Stephen had been killed by the people who were persecuting them. Saul, I mean Paul, who was later going to become Paul, was leading the persecution. He had letters to to imprison the the believers, to arrest them and put them into prison. And so everybody was running for their lives. The Bible says, except the apostles who still remain in Jerusalem. And so the instruction Jesus Christ gave them was to go out to every place and to preach. But they were in Jerusalem. When the persecution arose, now they scattered and they were running for their lives. But the beautiful thing about what happened in the book of Acts is that even though they were running for their lives, everywhere they got to, they were preaching. And you saw that the apostles actually remained in Jerusalem. So the people who went out there preaching were not pastors. They were not people who were ordained to preach. They were just ordinary believers who were just running for their lives. Can you imagine somebody who was running for his life so that he, he was like um, a refugee running for his life and then wherever he gets to. Because if you're running for your life, when you get to a place, you rather want to hide so that people don't see you. So that they don't even report you to the people who are after you. But they were running for their lives. But wherever they got to, they were preaching. Telling people about Jesus Christ. And the Bible says there was an ordinary man who was not an apostle. He was among the seven people who were elected in Jerusalem to serve tables. And he went around and he was preaching in a city. Yeah. And that was the orbit. I tell you, the dogs, the orbit, they caught so Philip was just an ordinary man who was um, serving tables in Jerusalem. And the Bible says he went into the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. And a multitude with one accord, he led to, his, to what Philip was teaching them. And so the people came around to listen to the message of Philip. Philip was not an apostle. Philip was just an ordinary church member. The unfortunate thing is that today in the church, we have left the preaching of the message to the pastors and to the church leaders. But the Bible says that everybody who was running for their life, they went about and they were preaching the message. So every believer who was running away from Jerusalem, who was running away from the persecution, went about telling people, about Jesus Christ. They were witnessing to people and telling people that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And this morning, this is what I want us to take from church today, that it's our responsibility as believers to go out there and share the gospel with everyone. It is our duty as believers. Let's not leave this for the pastors. Let's not say that, oh, I don't know, I don't know a lot from the Bible. There was a woman in the Bible in John chapter 4 when he met Jesus Christ. He didn't know much about Jesus Christ. She didn't know a lot about Jesus Christ. All she knew was that she had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus told her all that she had done according to her. 
but there were a few things Jesus Christ told her. She said, he told me all that I have done. And he, she went back into the city and started telling people about Jesus Christ that come and see this man who had just met. When you read the, the story of the apostles, all of them, after the first encounter with Jesus Christ, the first thing they did was to go and tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. It is our responsibility as believers to tell people about Jesus Christ and to invite them to church. It is not the responsibility of just the pastors. You don't have to be called or ordained as a, as a pastor before you can witness to somebody. If you are just a follower of Jesus Christ, it is your responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ. And we saw that when Philip went out there to preach the gospel, Bible says there were miracles, there were signs, there, was, there were wonders. He was casting out demons. He was praying for the paralyzed. He was praying for the lame. And they were all being healed. He was just an ordinary member. And the Bible says that these signs will follow those who believe. So the signs do not sit with you in your couch when you are watching TV. The signs do not sit with you at home when you are sitting down and flipping the channels. The signs are supposed to follow you. So you have to step out there. As you go about teaching the gospel, signs are going to follow you. When you pray for people, they are going to be healed. That is the only way you can experience the power of God working through you. If you step out there and go and tell people about Jesus Christ. It is summer. It is sunny now. Thank God people don't fear so much of the COVID right now. So you can tell people about Jesus Christ in a, your own small way, even in the people, the, the people around you, the people in your circle. Just tell them about Jesus Christ because it is your responsibility to tell people about Jesus Christ. Right now, Jesus is not here on earth. He has handed over to us this ministry to tell people. This morning, we are going to discuss 10 reasons why you must preach the gospel to other people. 10, 10 reasons why you must be a witness of the gospel. And the first one is seen from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. The Bible says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, through Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. If you are a child of God, you should know that God has committed to you the word of reconciliation. God has given you a mandate to reconcile the world to himself. Bible says when Jesus Christ was walking on the face of the earth, God was working through Jesus Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So when Jesus Christ was walking around in, in the cities of Jerusalem, when he was walking around in the cities of Galilee, God was working in Jesus Christ and he was reconciling the world to himself. In the death of Jesus Christ, God reconciled the world to himself and God now the Bible is telling us that God has committed to us he is giving all of us the ministry of reconciliation so the ministry of reconciliation has not been given to pastor Stephen the ministry of reconciliation has not been given to pastor Jessica the ministry of reconciliation has not been given to pastor Robert but the ministry of reconciliation has been given to everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ everyone who is a child of God 
God has committed the ministry of reconciliation to you. It is your responsibility. And God, you are going to give an account of that ministry that God has given you. And so from today, we have to understand that all of us are in ministry. We are in the ministry of reconciliation. We are reconciling the world back to God. We are telling people who are not children of God. We are telling people who are enemies of the cross. We are telling people who hate the gospel. We are telling people who, who, who blaspheme against God. We are telling people who are living a sinful life that they should come to Jesus Christ because he loves them. We are reconciling them back to God. We are telling them about the love of God. And so we all need to step out now and tell people we have to fulfill this mission ministry. God has given every one of us a ministry. Just like God was working in Christ Jesus when he was on earth, God will be working in us as we step out, as we go to our various workplaces, as we go to the supermarket, as we go to the mall. God is working in us and he is expecting that we reconcile people back to God. There are people who are close to you who have never heard the gospel. It is your responsibility to tell them about Jesus Christ. You might think that, oh, I don't know a lot about the Bible. You don't have to know a lot about the Bible. The woman, all she had to say is, come and see a man that I have have met. Come and see a man. As simple as that. Come and see a man who has told me everything about my life. Come and see. Just come and see. That's all the woman was telling the people. And they came to Jesus Christ and they had Jesus Christ for themselves and their lives was transformed. You don't have to know so much, a lot of verses in the Bible before you can preach, but you just have to be obedient to the voice of God as he's telling you right now, go out there and preach. I hear a lot of people saying that we are waiting for the Holy Spirit to inspire us before we, 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 um, we tell people about the gospel. Meanwhile, when the instruction has already been given in the Bible that you have the ministry of reconciliation, he says he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And so that is your ministry. No matter your occupation, your first ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. And that should be the most important thing because God, you are going to give an account of it to God. And you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be afraid to tell people about Um, about Jesus Christ. You can hold every conversation with people. You can hold every conversation with strangers. And so you have to be able to tell them about Jesus Christ. Even your friends that you hold so a lot of, you discuss a lot of things with. Have you made it your response? Have you made it part of your responsibility to share the gospel with them? Because there are some people that Pastor Steve can never reach. There are some people that Pastor Jessica can never reach, but you can reach those people because you are close to those people and you are the one God is going to use to touch the lives of those people. You are the one God is going to use to spread the gospel. You are going to be the hands of Jesus Christ to those people. You are going to be the voice of Jesus Christ to those people. But have you had the burden? Do you care enough about your friends to tell them about Jesus Christ? Do you care enough about your family members to tell them about Jesus Christ? Because if you don't tell them they are actually heading to hell 
It is your responsibility. Do you care enough? Do you love them enough to tell them that Jesus Christ loves them? To tell them that they need to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior? To tell them that they need to repent from their evil ways and begin to walk in a way that is pleasing to God? To tell them that one day Jesus Christ is coming back on earth and that he's going to bring judgment upon the earth? To tell them that the only way their name can be written in the book of life is when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior? To tell them that if their name is not written in the book of life, they have no place in the in the kingdom of God. To tell them that if they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, they are not children of God. We need to love people enough to tell them the truth about Jesus Christ. The people around us, the people that we talk to, we laugh with, we play with. Do we care about their lives enough? Do we care about their souls enough? To tell them, the people we see around in our society, are we really passionate enough for their souls that if we don't tell these people the truth about the gospel, in the end, they will not end up in the kingdom of heaven. They will not make it to heaven. But we were the only people who could have told them about the gospel. And so Jesus Christ is relying on us today to tell people, That he loves them. He's relying on us. He says he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The second point. So the first reason why you must tell people the gospel is that you, God has given to you the ministry of reconciliation. It is not to a few people. It is to everyone. The second point. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus Christ said, um, 28, I'm reading from verse 8. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is what we call the Great Commission. He's telling us to go out there and tell everyone because all authority has been given unto him. He says, go out there and make disciples of all nations. And so I looked for the meaning of disciple in the Webster Bible, uh, sorry, Webster Dictionary. He says, one who accepts and help assist in spreading the doctrine of another. So for you to become a disciple, first of all, you have to accept. Second, you have to assist in spreading the doctrine of Christ. According to this definition from the Webster Dictionary, it looks like a lot of us are not even disciples yet. Because a lot of believers have accepted. But are they helping in the spreading of the gospel? So our responsibility is to make, to first of all, become disciples and make disciples of other people. We need to share the gospel with them. This is what we call the Great Commission. A, pers- a, 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 a missionary called Hudson Taylor said, The Great Commission is a commandment to be obeyed. It's not an option to be considered. It is not God, it's not that God has given you an option whether you have to tell people about him or not, whether you have to tell people about Jesus Christ or not. It is a commandment that you have to obey. It is not an option that you have to think about whether to do or not to do. 
Jesus is expecting that if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have to continue to spread the gospel. You have to tell people about Jesus Christ. That is what makes you a disciple, according to the Webster Dictionary. One who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrine of another is a person who can be called a disciple. If you are a disciple of Christ, then you have to share the gospel. And so the Great Commission is a commandment. It is not an option for us to decide whether we want to do it or we don't want to do it. God is ex expecting us to obey. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, obey my commandment. So if you want to demonstrate that you love God, you need to obey this great commission. It is actually a commandment. It is not an option that we need to discuss or consider whether to do or not to do. The third point is that you must tell others the gospel because of the value God places on a soul. God places a very high value on every single soul. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16 verse 26 that what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He says, what will, it, what will be your profit? What would you gain if you, if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? Anybody who does not have Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior, his soul is lost. The only way we can get that, we can regain that soul. In the end, that person is going to lose his soul if he does not accept Jesus Christ. So no matter what, what um, position you occupy here on earth, no matter how rich you become here on earth, no matter the mansions you have on earth, it cannot be compared to the price of your soul. Bible says that what would a man give in exchange for his soul? What will it profit a man if you get the whole world? It means that if you put the whole world in, if you give a monetary value to the whole world, it is not enough. For the soul of one man. One man's soul is more precious than anything you can, any value you can give the whole world. In the eyes of God, that is what he sees. That is how he values a soul. The person next to you who has not heard the gospel, the, person's, the person next to you whose soul might be lost if you never preach the gospel to that person. That person is valuable than anything you are busy right now trying you occupy yourself doing in the world that person's soul is more valuable in the eyes of god than any amount of dollars that you are going to earn any property that you are going to establish here on earth that person's soul is more valuable than anything here on earth that is the value god places on just one single soul if we place the same value on a single soul I'm sure that our, the, our way of behaving towards people will be different. If we place the same value on the brother who is next to us, on the sister who is next to us, the way we approach them with regards to the gospel will be very different. If we really think that the soul of that man is that valuable, I'm sure that we will not withhold the gospel from them. When anybody comes across something that is valuable, when you come across something that is good news, you are eager to tell other people. Unfortunately, it is not the same for the gospel. When people hear the gospel, a lot of people are not eager to share the gospel with other people. 
but we need to start placing a high value on the soul of every man who is close to us, on the soul of our family members, that no matter how, what bu- how busy we are, no matter what, what we are able to earn from our business, it cannot be compared to the value of that single soul, just one soul. If we have this value for the soul of a man, I'm sure that we will share the gospel with them. Amen. The fourth thing is that the Bible says, he who, wins so, who, he who wins souls is wise. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, the Bible says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins soul is wise. The ultimate demonstration of wisdom is winning souls. If you're a child of God, the ultimate demonstration of your wisdom is winning soul. The ultimate demonstration of the fact that you understand the word of God, you believe the word of God, is telling other people the word of God. That is the ultimate demonstration of wisdom. Bible says, he who wins soul is wise. And so, according to the Bible, he who does not win souls is not wise. Bible says he who wins souls is wise. And so let's begin to practice practical wisdom by telling other people the gospel. The fifth point is that we have a responsibility for the life of other people. In Ezekiel, the Bible says that when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning. No, spe- nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked ways to save his life, and, and that wicked shall, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. By his blood, I will require at your hand. And so we are responsible for the life of other people. Like like I said earlier, there are certain people that I will never reach them. There are certain people that they will never come to church unless you invite them. There are certain people they will never hear the gospel unless you tell them. So there are certain people that we cannot reach right now, but you can reach those people because those people are your friends, because those people are your co-workers, because those people are your family members. You are the only one who can reach them with the gospel. And so you are the one who have to tell them about Jesus Christ. Let's not, telling people about Jesus Christ shouldn't be a very difficult conversation to have. Even though the world is trying all it, it can to make it a difficult conversation, but if you're a believer in the power of the gospel, if you're a believer in the power of Jesus Christ, it shouldn't be a difficult conversation to have with any friend. On Wednesday, we are going to discuss how to approach people and how to do evangelism. But first of all, we need to have that burden. We need to have that passion to share the gospel with other people. It is our responsibility to share the gospel with other people. Let's not see it as the responsibility of pastors alone. No, if you are a believer in Christ, it is your responsibility to share the gospel. There are people in your life. There are people that God has placed in your life. And the most important thing that you can do for them is to tell them about Jesus Christ. So it is make it your responsibility from today. Make it part of your lifestyle. Just like we saw in the book of Acts, the people were running for their lives. But because it was so part of them, everywhere they got to, they were still telling people about Jesus Christ. It was part of them. So your life as it is here on earth today must be a life of witnessing. Wherever you go, you are telling people about Jesus Christ. 
You make it part. Every friendship that you have, you make it part of your objective that you will share Jesus Christ with that friend. Your co-workers at work, one day let your conversation be about Jesus Christ. Let's not talk about all things, laugh and be excited and enjoy and do everything close from work, go home every day, come back. And then the person that we are laughing with at the end of the age, the person cannot make it to the kingdom of God. I'm sure one of the torments that we will have is to look, go to heaven and be searching everywhere and not find our friends and our family members there. People that we spent a lot of time with, people that, people that we discussed a lot of things with, we'll go to heaven and we'll look for them and they will not be, they will not be there because we never told them about Jesus Christ. I'm sure one of, that will be one of the things that will be sad about in heaven. That these friends that we spent time here with on earth, because we never told them the gospel, because we never told them the love of God, because we never prayed for them to be saved, they are not in heaven. And we are responsible for their lives. Jesus Christ will not come down to come and preach to that person. And that is why he placed you in that person's life. You begin to see the reason why God brought that person into your life. is so that you will share the gospel with that person. You don't have to know everything in the Bible, like I said. The little you know, just share with those people. And God is going to use those words to convict that person. The seed point is that the field is ripe for harvest, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. In the book of Matthew, the Bible says that and Jesus Christ went about all cities and villages, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep without shepherd. And he said that, the, the, um, the harvest indeed is great, but the laborers are few. There are a lot of us who sit in church today who, never, who, have, who have never, all, the, all our lives that we have been in church, we have never told anybody about Jesus Christ. Or for a lot of us who are in church today, even this year, we have never mentioned Jesus Christ to anyone. We are almost done. We are done with half from January to June. Just think back. Did I really tell anybody, any of my friends, any of my co-workers? I know there was limit, very, very limited contact. But definitely we contacted some people, even over the phone. The people that we spoke to. Are they all saved? Did we tell them about Jesus Christ? We had conversations with them for, one, for an hour. We had conversations with them for two hours. Did we chip in the fact that it's important for them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior? Indeed, the laborers are very few. There are very few people who really carry the burden and the passion to, to, to spread the gospel and to tell other people about Jesus Christ. There are very, very few Christians. But this morning, I want you to have that burden. I want you to have that passion that as a believer, you need to go out there and tell people about Jesus Christ. There are people who are out there who are ready to listen to the gospel. If you will go out there and tell them about Jesus Christ. That's why he says the harvest is ripe. But 
So it's not that the people are not ready to listen. There are a lot of people who are ready to listen. The harvest is ripe. But the, peop- the laborers are few. The people or the believers who have made themselves ready to share the gospel are very few. Would you assist in sharing the gospel? Would you assist in telling people? Would you assist in bringing the harvest in? Would you assist in bringing people to the kingdom of God? Would you assist in bringing people to church so that they will be saved? So that they will be delivered from hell? So that they will be delivered from the power of darkness? The harvest indeed is ripe, but the laborers are very few. Today God is telling you, he's calling you to be a laborer. He's calling you to come and help in spreading the gospel. If you are listening to me right now, it is because God wants you to hear this, that the harvest is ripe. The burden that Jesus Christ had, the reason why he came here on earth was to save the lost, was to deliver people from the power of sin. And that should be our ultimate objective as believers that will tell people the gospel, will tell them about the love of God. Let this be your passion. Let this be your burden. Amen. The seventh point is that a person who leads many to righteousness will shine like a star. At the end of the age, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, the Bible says that, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine. We have already seen that he who brings soul is wise. Verse 3 of Daniel chapter 12 says, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so if you turn many to righteousness, at the end of the age, you are going to shine like a star. Amen. When we appear before the kingdom of God, your light is going to shine like a star. And remember, when we appear before the kingdom of God, we are going to appear with men like Peter. We are going to appear with men like Paul. Peter stood up one day and he preached and 3,000 people were saved. We know how Paul preached and established church all over. And we are all saying that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are all saying that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And when we appear before him, Bible says, those who turn many to righteousness will shine like a star. I pray that your star will shine. I pray that you will shine like a star at the end of the age when we appear before the kingdom of God because you have turned many people from their evil ways and you have turned them into righteousness. Verse 8. I'm sorry, number 8. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 verse 14 that and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all over the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. So as we preach the coming, as we preach about Jesus Christ, as we tell people about the love of God, we are hastening the coming of Jesus Christ because the Bible says that the gospel has to be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. And so we have to go out there and tell people about Jesus Christ. As we do that, we are hastening the end and the end is going to come as we 
preach about Jesus Christ. We are bringing closer the coming of Jesus Christ because the whole world has to hear about him. And how can the whole world hear about him unless we all get involved in the spreading of the gospel? Unless we all start telling people about Jesus Christ. And that is how all can hear the gospel. Because there are people who never come to church unless you take the church to them. How can we take the church to them? You, who is part of the church, is the one who will take the church to them, wherever they are. They are. You have to take, take the church to them on the streets. Take the church to them in the supermarket. Take the church to them in the classrooms. Take the church to them wherever you meet people. Wherever people are found, you need to take the church to them. So God is relying on you. God is depending on you so that the person next to you will hear the gospel. The ninth point is that it is the main purpose of the church on earth. The main purpose of the church on earth is to share the gospel. Every other thing is an auxiliary thing helping us. But the main purpose in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. That was his objective. That was the reason why. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish. So because of the love that God has for the world, he gave his son. Bible says he demonstrated his love towards us by giving us Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ, when he was here on earth, his objective, his focus was that he would spread the gospel. His focus was that he would spread the message of the kingdom. Tell people about the love that God has for them. Tell people that God loves them and he wants to have fellowship and wants to have a relationship with him. That was his objective. That was his main goal. Now, Jesus is not here on earth, but he lives in us and he expects that we carry on that objective. He expects that we continue to carry that objective that he had because we are representatives of Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors of Christ. And if you are an ambassador of a nation and you are taken to, an, to another nation, you have to do what your president or what the nation expects of you so as people who are representing christ here on earth we have to execute the mission of christ and his mission was that he will seek and save the lost he will seek so he was actually walking about looking for people that was what jesus was doing he was when he entered as a nation a, a, a town when he entered a village he would go and look for people who are not saved he would go and look for sinners and he would tell them. And that's how he met Lazarus. Uh, I'm sorry, Zacchaeus. He met him because he needed to hear the gospel. He met Matthew. He said, follow me. He, so he goes into cities. He was seeking people. He wasn't sitting down for the people to come to him. No, he went about seeking people and telling them the good message of the kingdom. So he says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. The last point, the 10th point is that it is the ultimate demonstration of love to mankind, for mankind and for God. If you really, really love people, you will tell them the gospel. You see, right now, the world is trying to teach us how to love people. They are saying that, oh, you just if you love people, just let them live their sinful life. Let them... Um, just let them be. That is how you love them. No. 
but love is in the gospel, it's in the Bible. As believers, we shouldn't allow the world to tell us how to love people. The Bible tells us how to love people. And if we love people, we have to share the gospel with them. Jesus Christ asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. That is how you can prove that you love me. Feed them. If you really love Jesus Christ, you need to tell them the truth. Don't let them tell you that, oh, this is how I am. This is how I was made. Which you know it is not true. You have to, if you love them, tell them that God loves you. God wants to have a relationship with you. You have to avoid your sinful ways. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. That is the ultimate demonstration of love. And so let's not buy in into the blackmail that is going on now. That if you love people, you just accept them as they are. Leave them to do what they want to do. And, and just, just love them. Be nice to them. No. The ultimate demonstration of love is to tell people the truth. And the ultimate demonstration of love to God is to obey his commandment. And so sharing the gospel with other people is the ultimate demonstration of love. I pray that this morning you will have a passion to share the gospel. I pray that this morning you will not just be a hearer of the word, but you'll be a doer of the word. You'll step out there and from now you make it your responsibility to share the gospel. You'll become a true disciple of the cross. You have accepted the doctrine of Jesus Christ. You will assist and you will help in spreading this gospel. May God bless you and may the power of God be seen when you go out there to share the gospel. May the power of God be available to back your words in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.